Hey there, welcome to the She Connects podcast. I'm thrilled that you are here. My name is Susan Vandenhuvel, and I have the honor of being your host each and every week. She Connects is an extension of my ministry, She Rises, and allows me to connect with women in the online space. I wholeheartedly believe that we as women enjoy connecting with one another to share hearts, disappointments, dreams, any challenges that we're facing, and really to just do life together. The heartbeat behind this podcast is to help empower and equip you to step into all that God has for you to do in this world. I'll be sharing whatever God has placed on my heart for the week, and from time to time, I invite guests on the show that I personally have gleaned and been inspired from people that I admire and I just maybe want to learn a little bit more from and that I believe you will appreciate listening to. So welcome. I cannot wait to connect with you today. Hey everybody, welcome back to the She Connects podcast. My name is Susan Vandenhuvel and I am honored to be your host again this week. We appreciate you tuning in week in and week out. Um, you are going to appreciate the special guest that I have joining us this week. And actually, um, she's going to be joining us for the next two weeks. So three weeks in a row, you will have the honor of hearing from my friend, Julie Holmquist. We are going to be actually discussing three different topics that I really believe is just going to add so much value to your life. We're going to be talking this week about living as a woman fully defined by the truth of who we are in Christ. Next week, we're going to be talking about living from a place of being fully known. And then the third and final week together, Julie is going to speak into our lives about what it looks like um, and what it means to live as a woman called to live your life as a called person. So Julie, welcome to the She Connects show. Um, tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're joining us from. Thanks, Susan. I appreciate you having me on the show. I am Julie Holmquist, like Susan said, and I am a writer, speaker, podcast host, and I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I am, I came here begrudgingly, but God has since turned my heart around, I didn't want to leave Colorado, but he has plans and purposes for us wherever we go. Right. I'm married and I have four sons. One of them is a special needs child. And that's a little bit about me. And so from you moved from Colorado, that's originally where you, so do you still have family in Colorado? Well, actually my husband and I are from Nebraska, but we moved to Colorado Springs with a dream of starting a business that just never materialized. So that's another podcast for another day. Okay. <laughs> when, when your dreams die, but yeah, God has opened doors for us here in Charlotte. Mm, okay. So I don't know, maybe we could put a little teaser out there and that sounds like a really great topic to discuss when dreams die. I don't know, yes. listeners, you'll have to <laughs> let me know if you'd be interested in that. I know I would be, even if it's just a private <laughs> conversation between you and me. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm excited to dive into this week's uh, topic of living as a woman fully defined in the truth of who we are in Christ. Uh, would you agree, Julie, that people are unclear about who they are in Christ? And would you even go as far as to say that sometimes even people that have been in church for even most of their lives struggle with this? 
I do believe so. And part of why I know that is because I've been a believer for 30 some years walking with the Lord. And I've had recent experience where I realized I wasn't operating out of a, out of, out of a place that where I was fully defined by him and the truth of what his word said about me. So I want to just preface this with that, that this is born from an experience that, uh, that God took me through, but I wholeheartedly agree that women are walking around, not knowing who they truly are because primarily because of a lack of intimacy, a lack of an intimate relationship with God, our identity starts with who he is and we can't know, we can't possibly know who we are unless we first get to know him and who he is, because it all starts and stops with him, right? Listening to inspirational speeches or reading self-improvement books, all of that, even looking at social media, you know, the, you are enough kind of memes. It's like eating cotton candy when we're starving for real food. And so we need to spend time with him in order to know who he is. It requires intentionality. And then we are able to know in a clearer picture who we are. Mm, You better preach girl. That is so good. (laughs) That is so good. I feel like uh, just in my own opinion, I think that it, there's that integral piece of, of knowing who God is first and foremost, because like you said, it begins and ends with him always. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that truth is missing in our society and it's been replaced. I don't know about you. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I, I feel like over the last few years, it just seems like this message of, you know, self-empowerment and all of that has been just so loud. And yes, I, I feel like, wow, I mean, that just does not, it doesn't serve God's best in our lives. It doesn't serve our, serve our faith well, our identity well. And yeah, I'm so glad that you, that you went there. Really, really good stuff right there. What are some of the top things that you've seen people struggle with due to not knowing who they are in Christ? I think the number one thing is, well, there's two things, the lack of purpose. Um, And I say that because our purpose is our intimate relationship with God. He created us for fellowship with him to get to know him and to make him known. And when we don't have that purpose fixed in our minds, then we can try to find our identity in what we do, which is our calling. The purpose of our lives is fixed. That was what God designed for us, but the calling that we have can change you know, depending on our season of life or, you know, like if I was on bed rest with one of my kids, I still had a calling. It was just different. Right. Mm -hmm. And my purpose was fixed. It wasn't going to change no matter what my relationship with God is firm and it's what God has created us for. So if we're not fully engaged in our purpose in that way, then we will go looking for our identity in other things and other people and other places. And that's where we get into trouble. So that's one. And then the second is the orphan spirit versus the spirit of adoption. The orphan spirit is 
one that where we're striving, we're driven to prove who we are. We're seeking outside validation of who we want to be. We're looking for affirmation. We're performing. We're seeking that approval. But the spirit of adoption leads us to be able to call God Abba Father and to know in our hearts that he accepts us just as we are, but he doesn't, he loves us enough to not let us stay that way, right? He loves us just as we are, but we're, we are changed from glory to glory, as the word says. A spirit of adoption means we're beloved and we're seen. We don't have anything to prove, right? We're not yeah. operating out of a spirit of, I've got to prove myself in this world. Um, we don't seek out outside validation or affirmation because our purpose, God is constantly filling us with the truth of who we are. We don't have to go looking for it elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all of those things, you know, outside of him, they're all subject to change. You know, I mean, somebody, you know, could be, you know, approving of you and, and, you know, cheering for you. And then, you know, a week later they change their minds or, you know, you're, employment status changes or you become an empty nester or, you know, whatever, whatever the situation might be. And I just, I so wholeheartedly agree with you. It really has to come from him really has to come from him. And, um, you know, I don't know about you, but I've tried so many of the things that this world offers and Mm -hmm. they, they just left me so empty. They left me feeling so empty. And, and maybe I think, you know, looking back with a couple of things in particular, they maybe fed that need on the inside of me to really know who I was, but it was temporary. It never lasted. And I I think that God, that God designed it that way because he wants us to come to him and, and really know who he is. And then, know, you know, know who we are in him. How do you think that people carry themselves differently when they are really walking and living out the truth of who they are? I think they operate from the truest part of who they are, because when they become a believer in Christ, when they accept him as Lord and savior, you know, the second, the familiar verse, second Corinthians five seventeen that talks about, he made us new. God didn't just take us and patch us up and put a little patch there, stitch, you know, stitch here, close this up or whatever. We are made completely new. And so when we can operate from that place, we can, we can operate from the mind of Christ. What would, you know, what would Jesus do? Right. Mm -hmm. That's who lives inside of us. That is who we are now. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus what would he do? How would he act when we don't know who we are in Christ? That's when we're, we're scrambling to find out we're still looking and searching and, and yearning for that. But when we know we can just rest assured that we can operate out of the truest part of who we are. Um, we're beloved daughters of the King. We're no longer searching for our identity outside of our relationship with him. We're no longer striving or performing So whether we have good days or bad days, our identity as a beloved daughter of the King doesn't change. We're no longer defined by anything outside of him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good. How have you personally grown in this area? Yeah. Like I said, this was a process that God took me on. I was able to cultivate a more intimate 
relationship with him. Um, the more I became or the more I realized the truth of who I was, the more I was able to discern and distinguish between shame and conviction. Mm. And I was able to, I hope this makes sense. I was able to get to that secret place faster. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. I wasn't wandering around under a burden of shame because I couldn't measure up or I did something wrong or whatever. I was able to find that um, secret place and get there quicker because the Lord was talking to me all along about who I am. You know, if I did mess up, he's like, that's not who you are. It wasn't a, an angry God wagging his finger in my face. It was the Lord was saying, honey, that's not who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. let's get back to that. Let's get back to a, who I created you to be. So that's, that's how I've personally grown in this area is that I was able to get to that place quicker and to discern between the shame and the conviction. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like that took time? I mean, obviously it doesn't happen overnight, Oh yeah. It's a process. It's not a one and done kind of thing. It's we're continually in the process of putting on Christ, taking off our, well, we start with taking off our old self and putting on Christ. And it's a process of learning how to walk in that. We're not made perfect. The minute we become believers or we get saved, it's a process. You know, our spirits are instantly saved when our spirits are instantly made new when we're saved, but our souls are continually being um, saved. It's, mm-hmm. it's a process of walking that out, the truth of that out in this world. Mm-hmm. And so would you say that you have found this beautiful place of freedom, you know, not having to strive and, you know, and, and feel, you know, just pushed down and weighed down with shame Well, shame was just one component of it. Yeah. But it was when I realized who I am, you know, a child doesn't, they're not afraid of their parents' disapproval when they're learning to walk. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a process of, of learning to trust when my dad would take me to the park to play. I didn't continually look back to make sure, oh, I hope he remembers he's my father. I hope Mm -hmm. he remembers I'm his daughter. He needs to feed me later. It was just utter abandon to trust in his care that he was going to take care of me because I am his daughter. Mm -hmm. He's going to look out for me. He's got my best interest at heart. Wow. You have such a beautiful relationship with the father. And that is just so (laughs) just really coming out as you're sharing. Mm -hmm. And I would have to, I would have to believe that that has been something that you have, like you said, intentionally cultivated over time. Yeah. It's been time. It's not been perfect. You know, the Lord's asked me to sit with him for an hour a day for a few days. And I didn't want to Mm -hmm. (laughs) because, and, and he wanted it to be no worship music, no journal, no Bible, just sit with him. Mm-hmm. And it freaked me out, to be honest, because I'm like, oh my gosh, sit there for an hour and do nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's, it's, uh, what is the scripture? Like a weaned child on his mother's lap. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 
and a weaned child doesn't look to their parent for anything else, just, just to enjoy, enjoy them. They're not looking to be fed, to be given something, you know, it's just enjoying their mom mm-hmm. sitting yeah. there. Yeah. And so what other, what other changes have you seen as a result of following the truth of who you are in Christ? When I come against or come up against some pushback with anything, or, you know, like I said, I'm a writer and a podcaster and a speaker. When I come up against criticism in the past, it would have shaken me. It would have made me second guess myself, second guess my ability to hear God. And I feel like my, my steps are more firm in these things because I do have a, a better grasp on who I am in Christ. Like I said before, it's not a one and done thing. It's a, it's an ongoing layer by layer that he shows us who we are. Mm -hmm. And so those things don't shake me nearly as much. You know, if I let them, they can, you know, people coming at, you know, the naysayers, the haters, the people who don't understand what you're doing, you know, they'll, they'll Mm -hmm. always be there, but they don't shake me as much. I'm not as easily offended or whatever. Wow. And what freedom that is right there. Yes, definitely. I've, yeah, I've, I've had some, I've had some things in the past and it's, it's shaken me mm-hmm. and it's taken me a while to step out again, to put myself out there, but I just go with what God's called me to do. And I can't be so concerned about those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You Boys. know, Sister, I'm right with you. There's been (laughs) so many times and it's just a part of, you know, fulfilling whatever it is that God has called you to do on the earth. You know, I mean, it's not everybody's going to understand, not everybody's going to support. And it's just, you know, something that kind of comes with it, you know, yeah, Uh, it's part part of of, the territory. (laughs) Yeah. Part of living in the world. And so I'm curious with that. uh, I know for myself, and I want to invite you to just speak into this really quick for myself when, when I receive, you know, criticism or, you know, stuff like that. It's really important for, for myself that I'm proactive in that and not let that just kind of sit. And I'm, you know, kind of mulling it over and stewing about it. And because I have found that when I do that, I start to, almost kind of nurture that a little bit, Mm, you know, Uh, you know, I'm kind of feeding it then because I'm thinking into it, I'm giving it my attention then. And so for you, I'm wondering when that happens, are you able to recognize it right away and then, you know, kind of pull the, uh, push the brakes a little bit, trace it back to why am I feeling this way? I mean, just what, so what is your filter? For me, it is, I have a husband who speaks truth Mm. into my life when I can't, when I'm not able to, the truth doesn't penetrate because I'm focusing so much on what was said or done or not said or done. Right. Yeah. I have a husband who speaks truth into my life. And also in the scripture, I don't remember where it is, Susan, but David was walking along. And there were people throwing stuff, throwing rocks at him and calling him names. Right. Do you remember that story? Mm -hmm. We'll have to find the the scripture reference, but one of his, 
people, one of his servants, whatever said, do you want me to take care of those guys? Basically. And he said, no, don't do anything about, don't stop them because perhaps the Lord sent them. And so I take, usually when I come against or have criticism come against me, I think about that scripture and it's like, okay, God, what part of this is true? Mm-hmm. Is there any truth in this? Is there any truth in what they said? Do I need to change in some way? Do I need to make adjustments or whatever? And then I just try to let the rest go because yeah. obviously if the Lord doesn't bring it up, then it's, it's not anything I need to concern myself with. Yeah. That is a really, really good, really good filter. And uh, you know, I think that for those of us that maybe aren't married, you're listening today and you feel like, well, I don't have a spouse that, or a significant other that can speak into my life. I think that that is really, really important to um, make sure that you do have people in, in your community that can speak into your life. Iron sharpens iron. And I know that for myself, those people that have that front row, you know, seat in, in my life, they can remind me of what is true. And, and even because I, I know them and I trust them and, you know, we've, you know, been a part of one another's life for a while. I even trust when they challenge a mindset that I'm in, you know, mm-hmm. I trust that they're, that they have my well being in, in mind when they're challenging something like that. So yeah, we need those friends. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So where does one begin to flip the narrative in their minds? I know that we kind of have already been talking about that a little bit, but what else do you have to say about that? I would say the word, get into the word, let the word speak to you because it will penetrate. It'll get, it'll clear the path. It'll get rid of all the garbage, all the lies. And it just speaks truth into who you are, into your situation whatever. And when you're, when you're in the word, the Lord is able to speak to you more clearly. Mm -hmm. He'll bring up scriptures that you read a week ago or whatever. It gives him things to work with. If that makes sense. When you're in the word, he, he puts that in your heart and then he's able to bring it up when you need it. Yeah, that is so good. It's, it's like when I, when you were talking, it reminded me of just this, this visual I had of making deposits, you know, you're making a deposit and it's, it's on the inside of you. So that's really good. Really good, Julie. Would you agree that allowing ourselves to be defined by the truth has a ripple effect on the relationships that we not only have with ourselves, but with others? Yeah, I was thinking about this question earlier today, even more. And when we allow ourselves to be defined by truth, we give grace and forgiveness more readily to other people. When the Bible says love expects the best, we're calling people to how I want to say this, Susan, when we say love expects the best in first Corinthians 13 we're like speaking to the truest part of who they are. Mm -hmm. If they were short with us, if they were kind of harsh with their words, we can say in our minds and our hearts, that's not who they are. And so we're able to like, let that roll off of us. And so we kind of take them off the hook, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And when we do that, 
then it kind of has that ripple effect. Then they're able to do it to other people. And when I, in my mothering, I call my boys higher. I call my boys to the, who they really are when they misbehave or when they do something wrong or bad or whatever I say to them, actually say these words, you're better than that. Mm, That's good, Julie. Because the truth of who they are, because they've accepted Christ too, even at 12 years old, Mm -hmm. the truth of who they are is not what they just did. Right. Yeah. 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 That's good, Julie. That is really good. All right. So finally, as we're wrapping up this week's episode, speak to the woman that might be listening today that recognizes she is allowing something other than the truth to define her. How would you spur her on in her faith this week? I would say get a journal and start writing thoughts. In this workbook that you've mentioned that I'm creating, there's going to be a place in there where they can start writing down all their thoughts about who they think they are and then hold those things up to the truth of the word of God. Let the light shine on them so they can be shown for truth or if they're lies. And then sometimes it helps to take, to do something physical. You know, this action is not some magical thing. I'm not into that, but when you write those lies down, it, it's a good practice to just pray over them, wad it up or rip up the paper and throw it away. Sometimes I put it in the fireplace, you know, mm-hmm. just let them burn and then ask God, what do you say about this? Yeah. Wh- who do you say I am? This is what I think about myself, or this is what other people have said. Who do you say I am? What yeah. do you say about me? Mm-hmm. And so it's not enough to just not think those lies you have to replace them with the truth. Come on. That's good. Yeah. 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 I, I really appreciate that you added that point because it's, it's great to recognize maybe a lie, you know, that we've been, that we've been believing, but we have to also take it the next step and then not only recognize it, but then replace it with the truth. And in order for, in order for us to do that, we have to be in the word, which is the truth. So, um, right. And I want to say that it's not, it's, you know, I've done this before and it's not just writing scriptures. I am this, I am that the Bible says in this, it's not just taping that on your bathroom mirror and pumping yourself up for the day. Mm -hmm. It is allowing that truth. I think, you know, when the word says to meditate on it, I remember a Bible teacher of mine saying, meditate on it is like a cow. (laughs) I didn't like being associated with the cow, but what a cow does is he digests something and then Mm. it comes back up and he digests it again. Mm -hmm. So it's, you're constantly thinking about it. It's something that you internalize. It's just something that's always on your mind. You can't do that with a whole list, you know, but focus on one scripture, study it, ask the Lord to speak to you through that scripture. What does this word mean? How does he want you to apply it to your life and how, you know, who you are in Christ? What does that mean? Yeah. Oh, that is so good. Inviting him into that. Speak to me about this piece of my identity. How, how do I take steps toward applying that? Oh, that is so good because he doesn't expect us to just figure this out on our own. It's not just up to us that he wants to be a part of that. Oh, yeah. Really? So good. 
So good. All right. Well, I know that this week's episode, like I said in the beginning, really just added a lot of value to your life. I know that you appreciated everything that Julie invested into into our lives. I know that I just feel spurred on in my faith for having you on this week. Thank you so much for everything that you just invested into my life and the listeners' lives. Julie, uh, where can people get connected with you? I know that you have some amazing resources that will be coming out in the near future. And so if they wanted to maybe, you know, kind of keep tabs on that or maybe, maybe even connect with you you know, on the socials, you have a website. Tell us all about that. Yeah. My website is stuffofheaven.com. It is currently under construction, but you can still go there. And when you're on there for a couple seconds, a, um, a pop-up will come up and you'll be able to put your name and email address in there. And you will be able to stay current with all that's happening with the ministry. I am also on social media, uh, Julie E. Holmquist. And then the podcast is Kairos Moments, K-A-I-R-O-S. Perfect. I will add those to the show notes. So be sure if you're interested in staying connected with Julie, be sure that you scroll down into the show notes so that you can find all of that information. But Uh, Like I said in the beginning, she's going to be joining us for the next couple of weeks. So be sure that you come back next Wednesday. A new episode of She Connects drops each and every Wednesday. So come on back. And next week, we are going to talk about living as a woman from a place of being fully known. But with that, take care. Um, Know that you are fully seen. You are fully known. You are fully heard. And God could not love you any more than he loves you right now at this very moment. Take care, stay well, and we'll catch you next time. Well, I hope that that was a blessing in your life. I'd love to hear what you walked away with from this week's episode. Drop a comment and let me know. I read and respond to each and every one of them, and I would love to hear from you. We all know people who could use some encouragement, especially nowadays, right? If you felt this episode was a blessing to you, would you share it with the people in your life? Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode because a new one drops each and every Wednesday. And would you be willing to leave a review and maybe even a few stars? It not only fills my heart and means so much to me, but it helps women find the podcast and be encouraged too. Have a fabulous week and I will connect with you right back here next week.